following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This is the MSP North Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery counties. Now, here's your host with Blaine Keller. Here's Brady McAtamney. Everybody, how are we doing? Welcome in to the MSP North Podcast. That's right, we got video for you this week. So if you ever said, you know, I want to see Brady and Blaine's faces while they're talking about Montgomery County and Robertson County sports, oh man, it is your lucky week. Uh, Blaine, how you doing today? Hanging in there, staying busy. Uh, I, I like the nice touch of the Detroit Tigers cap with uh, MSP North. It, it fits in with the theme. It really does, yeah. People people uh, in the area probably know me as the guy who wears the hat. Um, one, because it's one of the only hats I own. And two, because, you know, I'm, I'm from the area. Sometimes doing my hair takes a little effort. So, um, but we got a great show lined up for you guys today. We got two uh, great coaches coming in. Uh, we're going to be starting off right off the bat with one of our coaches, and uh, you can also expect to get some player of the week action, some games of the week coming up, and our one thing segment. But uh, let's start us off by talking to Chase Cronin, head coach of the Kenwood Knights boys basketball team. Chase, how are we doing today? Oh, man, doing as, 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 as good as we can be after a rough start to the week. How you got? Oh, we're doing all right. Yeah, you mentioned that, that rough start. Tough games against Clarksville High and Henry County, two teams that are, you know, going to be competing to get into state tournaments in the coming weeks. Um, why don't you just tell us a bit about um, that game against Henry County last night? Uh, we got coverage of that Clarksville game, but, uh, you know, tough for, tough for us to get people out to Paris. So why don't you just give us a quick little recap of that? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation on the road. Um, you know, wasn't very pleased with our effort and, and focus urgency against CHS. But Henry, I felt like it was better. I thought maybe our legs were dead from the back-to-back and a long road day. Uh, you know, obviously, some things need to improve on. Kind of got a little chippy there at the end. Uh, we get them again this Friday at home. And uh, I'm hoping that our guys look forward to getting them again. It feels like we kind of, you know, they have some talented players. We kind of thought we let one let one go, and it just seemed like, man, they, they got out in transition on us so much uh, that I, I just kind of looked at, at my assistant and just said, man, I think, I think we're just dead. I don't know what, what to do. I mean, it's, you know, they're fresh and we're not, and, and their their coach came over to us and was like, yeah, man, I hate you guys have that back-to-back. And we're in no excuse program. You know, we lost. That's that's the end of the story. But um, it did just feel like we were, we were dead and kind of kind of feet were stuck in mud last night, and they were able to get loose on us and and put up points that way. And, Coach, dating back, you know, to last week, six of your last eight games in the regular season are, are district games, you know, and you play a lot of non-district games to start the year. In your mind, as first-year coach in this program, do you like that? What, what are some of the advantages and maybe disadvantages that a schedule like that brings? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. Um you know, I don't know what the what the disadvantage would be other than um, maybe your film gets out. But, I mean, guys are going to get film regardless, no matter how deep of the season you are. Uh, but I, I don't mind it. I think it uh, I think it kind of allows a little more structure in our year. You know, when 
when you say, hey, you know, mid-January through the rest of February or through February, it's just going to be district. You know, we, we look at it and we just say, hey, we're going to cut our season in half. And so when a lot of people say, you know, before Christmas break and then after Christmas break or their half the season, well, ours is actually all the way through Christmas break and then that first district game, that, that's against our, our second half of the year. Um, I think it lets us be, you know, we have an understanding of who we are and what we are and who we want to be. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we won't keep trying to grow. But, you know, it, it, I, I want to be as complete as I can be or as good as I can be <clears throat> during this time of the year. And those guys do too. And it allows you to appropriately gauge. Um, we played West Creek uh, in November. And it was a bad game for West Creek. I mean, I mean, we, we were able to pour it on them, but – we saw them, you know, a few weeks later, and it was a, you know, it was a very close ball game, and so I think you kind of eliminate some of that, uh, some of that early, early on, early on stuff that you're trying to fix, and you get a real, real read of the district display. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and Chase, you being a first year head coach, um, you're you're uh, especially compared to some of the other coaches in the city, you know, you've coached up against guys like Johnny Jackson at Rossview, who's been around for a while, Ted Young, who's been around for a, a long time at Clarksville. Um, what is it like for you as a first-year head coach, being a younger guy, especially coming right over from AAU? What are some of the adjustments that you've kind of had to make between the AAU game and the high school game? Well, it's just, it's just there's more layers to it. Um, you know, one thing that I talk about whenever I'm at, I'm, I've been at this a lot, one thing I really talk about, is that, uh, you know, you're running a program uh, compared to just running a team. AAU, you know, you meet up twice a week, and then, you you know, you coach a tournament on the weekends. Uh, basketball, you're here every day with the guys every day. You know, it, it's uh, the, the, the key difference is that it's just, it's just it's a lot more, it's a lot harder, it's a lot more detail, deeper layers, grades, uh, kids behaving, um, school policies, fundraising, uh, those sort of things, you know, it, you know, it feels like those things away from the floor take up way more time and energy than it than actually coaching on the floor does itself. And coach, you know, the guy before you, obviously, some big shoes to fill with, with Coach James, former head coach at UT Martin, and went on to Milan. You guys played them earlier in the year, if I'm not mistaken. When you replace a guy like that, you know what? What kind of challenges maybe does that bring? Does it bring big shoes to fill uh, in the Kenwood program? Yeah, uh, so we we did not play there. We went down there on a Saturday for a JV play day um, that he invited us to. Uh, I, I taught at Kenwood last year before taking over the job, and 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 uh, you know we we kind of developed a relationship, and so uh, moving forward, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll see and hear more from him. Uh, yeah, big shoe. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, you know, he's stamped all over this program, especially with these seniors, with uh, Jalen and Quinn and those guys. And, uh, you know, being, you know, it, it makes you have to try to grow into the role really fast, you know. Um, so that that's really the biggest challenge. You got, you're in a win now mode, and you have guys who want to win, who work really hard, and their guy kind of left you know, to, to further his career and, and, and do the right things by himself. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so now I've stepped in as a young guy and, and uh, you know, you always, you know, you always find that, that little battle 
in that bridge year when you first get there and you got the last coach's guys. But, you know, I think it's a little different now because it's also really talented. And so we're, we're trying to grow fast and figure things out fast. Yeah, you mentioned uh, guys like Jalen and Quinn Barnes. Um, we'll talk about Jalen in a second, but uh, I want to hear uh, what you have seen from some of the other guys in the program. You know, guys like uh, Quinn, uh, Nick Boykin, uh, AJ Conyers, Caleb Grady. Um, what have those guys? What have you seen from those guys in terms of progression this season and um, how they've been contributing? Yeah, I think I think the guy who has grown the most is probably Quinn, um, off the floor and on. I think he's matured a ton. Um, I, I mean, and, and it was almost like overnight. Uh, we we switched him over to point guard, which he's never played before, but he's, he's really excelled at that role. Um, he's pretty dependable on leading us on, a, on our everyday stuff, just trying to get guys ro- rolling and ready. Um, Nick Boykin, a uh, guy who's been around it his whole life, uh, he – has been dependable for us. You know, Jalen has missed four or five games now, and Nick has really stepped up when he's been gone and also uh, bought in to, to step back into his regular role when Jalen comes back. Um, Caleb Grady, as a junior, has really taken over as kind of a leader um, in our locker room. Uh, he, he's really growing into that. He wants to be that. If you ask him what his role is, he says it's, you know, Make make good decisions, score a little bit, rebound as much as I can, and lead the team. Uh, AJ, uh, AJ, AJ, Chunky Conyers. Um, I mean, I mean, he he's really bought in, trying to be the best rebounder in the city. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any more guy. I think that I think that's it. But but all those guys have really stepped up, uh, and and they've gotten to show what their games can really be because of Jalen's absences, and I think that'll help us in the long run. And in your district, Coach, you've got Northwest, Henry County, and Dixon County. Whenever you look at the district tournament coming up, and obviously the region after that, if you make it that far, but I'm curious where you think your guys kind of land in that. And, you know, even beyond this year, whenever you've got a senior class that's vying for a win-now mentality, what do you think the future of Kenwood basketball looks like? Yeah, so starting with how we how we fare today, um, I, you know, I don't know where we'll end up, like you said, but I do think we're one of the more talented teams in the district and in the region. Um, you know, I see us a top team in the region, and I, I see us a top team in our district. Um, now, with that being said, anybody can get you in any day. Um, Dixon has some really talented players and Chance and uh, Josh Cope. Uh, Northwest has some athletes, some length, and a little bit of talent in their backcourt and front court, and they got the Josh kid, too, the big fella. Um Henry's got the Zay kid, 24. He's, he's athletic as all get out, zero, um, and, and, and a couple of bruisers. I mean, they, they all play their own way. Uh, when, when we play each team, it's a different look. It's a different feel for it. Some of them zone more, some of them don't. Um, I do think we are the more talented team, like I, like I said, but I think those teams are good teams, and I'm glad that they're good teams. I, I think a lot of people were kind of, you know, when I got the job, a lot of people were down on the district because they felt like, Northwest and Dixon, all those teams were, were, were kind of in, in down years, and, and I don't know if that's true or not, but they, they seem talented to me. As far as the future goes, I'm, I'm actually very excited for our future. Uh, we have, we've we been playing a lot of uh, Cameron Dow this year. We've played a lot of Keyshawn Papillion, a sophomore. Cameron's a, a freshman. Devon Martin, he's a freshman. Uh, Keandre Moving, he's a sophomore. Um, we have some very, very interesting, uh, some talented guys in our middle school coming up. 
uh, we'll still keep Caleb Grady. Um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see much drop off if any at all between now and next year, and we just try to keep building it from there. But Kenwood's always, you know, the future of Kenwood is always somewhat bright if if everyone stays. You know, when I got the job, all everyone ever talks about is, <clears throat> well, you know, so and so went here, but he 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 left to go to this school. So and so was supposed to be here, but he, you know, he went to prep school. I mean, if you if, if we can keep our guys in the future. And that comes to our middle school and our high school. The future is very bright for Kenwood. Yeah, and Chase, I got two more questions for you. Um, we'll start with uh, Jalen Washington. You know, you went through and mentioned you know all these teams and some of the guys that come to mind. And certainly, when when people think of Kenwood basketball, Jalen Washington is is that guy that they're going to mention. Um, you've coached a lot of really good players um, through the AAU program. Um, but I got to imagine Jalen is uh, is right up there with some of the best guys that you've coached. Uh, what sets Jalen apart as just being a really good basketball player? Uh, Jalen, so, so um, I, I, I was an assistant at CHS and assistant at CA before coming over, and, and so I've gotten to see some, some pretty good players. Um, I think I think Eddie at CA is, is as talented as it gets. He's a six seven player over there who can do the things that he does, but. The, the difference between Jalen and 90% of the players that I've ever seen is, is his level of toughness. You know, there's a lot of talented players in Clarksville, but I don't know if there's a player as tough as Jalen. Um, you know, Jalen Jalen is a big-time shot maker. He's our closer. Uh, you know, he wants to guard. You know, the truth is about Jalen, he's been playing hurt all year and never complained about it once, never made a comment about it once. Um, he just doesn't take, any, you know, he, he, he doesn't care. He wants to compete. And, you know, on the floor, he doesn't take anything from anybody. I mean, his level of toughness and level of grit is is probably number one uh, out of anyone I've ever seen at the high school level. Yeah, and, you know, you'll, 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 you'll get that a bit with uh, with him being, you know, the, the big-time quarterback at Kenwood as well. So, obviously, just an awesome athlete. Um, and then we'll close you out with this. Uh, I, I've noticed from your Twitter that you're a little bit of a sneakerhead. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, uh, what are some of the uh, your favorite pairs of shoes that you got in your collection? And uh, maybe what are some that you're trying to trying to add? Yeah, man, I'm really trying to add the uh, the Air Penny ones that are coming out. They're going to drop two of the Orlando uh, color scheme. Uh, a guy that I used to do or well, still do AAU with Malik uh, Mims. He's my guy for those. You know, man, I, I, I try to I try to switch it up every now and again. You know, at the games, I, I may wear Yeezys, Asim Foams, uh, a couple of different pair of Jordans that I haven't, I haven't worn those yet. But really hoping for those and the Carolina Sixes that are coming out. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a sneaker. It just, it, just, it just gets real expensive, Brady, if you get too deep into it. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, it absolutely does. Uh, especially, it, it gets frustrating, too, if you get on the sneakers app and – um, take a couple L's there. It can definitely get expensive <laughs> yeah. and frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Chase, thank you so yeah. much for joining us today, man. Uh, it was awesome to have you on. And uh, best of luck Friday as you guys get that rematch with Henry County on your court. Yeah, and and, and thank you guys. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, you do a great thing for Clarksville, for Clarksville sports. Um, you know, I, I I've noticed it, and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for covering Kimwood, and thank you for covering Kim, uh, Clarksville as a whole. We really appreciate you guys. Of course, man. It is our pleasure. All right. Guys, have a good day. You too. All right, Brady, let's 
transition now from uh, the coach that only coach I may know of that wears Yeezys uh, to a <laughs> high school basketball game. Let's transition to our player of the week segment. Um, let's start off with you, Brady. Boys player of the week, who you got? For my boys player of the week, um, we're going to a family that uh, is really good at basketball. Um, this this player's sister has already won player of the week for us. Um, but this is uh, Jaheem Berry's time to shine. His sister Amari has had an awesome year. Um, but Jaheem has just been lights out lately. Um, he stepped up from being Clarksville's sixth man last year when they went to the state tournament to being their number two option behind J.J. Wheat. And, and honestly, calling him a number two option might be a disservice. They're really like a 1A and a 1B. He's averaging, I believe, around 18, 19 points per game to J.J.'s 21, 22. Um, he's made over probably close to 63 pointers this year, which is insane in like 20 games played. Um, he's been He scored 26 points. Uh, in their win against Kenwood um, on Monday. Uh, he had a career high in their win against West Creek on Friday. Um, and, you know, if that's not worthy of being player of the week, you know, you go undefeated, you're scoring career highs. Um, I don't know what is. So, uh, Jaheim Barry, that's my guy. Um, who's your boys player of the week? I'll say this really quick. If anyone watching right now follows Brady on Twitter at underscore, Brady underscore MSP, you'll, you'll notice that uh, he asked, he posed the question whether Jaheim or uh, Amari was the better shooter. They both said me. So uh, not not yeah. sure if he's won that one yet, but I guess we'll figure out as the season goes. Uh, I'll, I'll go with a, a pretty self-explanatory pick. It feels like at this point of the season, it, it's one player or it's the other in Robertson County. Uh, my boys player of the week this week is Daniel Bale of White House Heritage. Uh, he had... 33 points uh, against Greenbrier on Friday, had 18 on Monday at East Robertson, and 29 against Sycamore. A cool 29, if I could add it. It didn't feel like 29. Uh, to snap a six-game losing streak against Sycamore. You know, the Patriots are a little banged up right now, and they were already relying on their star senior to start the year. It feels like that role is just going to continue to increase as the season goes on. Uh, if they want to make any noise, it'll come down to Daniel Bale and their role players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I'll give a um, bit of a little shout-out to Amari Berry because if uh, if it weren't for another player, she would be my player of the week again. Um, it'd be, they'd, we'd have that little sibling connection. Um, but for my player of the week, girls' player of the week, rather, uh, I'm going to go to Ataya Moss. Um, she had 21 points in a big win against Good Pasture, uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds in a, in a game against Nashville Christian, a really good team. Uh, 24 points against Friendship Christian, and then she also just had a uh, big game last night against, I believe it was uh, DCA. I'd have to, uh, let me see. Actually, I think I got the stats right here. Um, yeah, I mean, she, she just keeps having big games. Uh, she had 24 against Friendship Christian on Monday. Um, Ataya Moss, she's really entrenched herself as the go-to player at the at Clarksville Academy's girls basketball program, following up in some big shoes of Sydney Boykin from a couple years ago, Diamond Bryant from last year, and Ataya Moss has really stepped up. Yeah, you know, it feels like she's definitely had to take those bigger shoes. I think she only averaged about 11 last year. Yeah. What, what do you think was the difference? Uh, she's just getting more of an opportunity, I feel like. She's kind of stepping up and being that alpha. And, and you know, you mentioned, you know, 11 points last year. Before The year before that, she's only a junior. In her freshman season, she only averaged three points. So she went from three points to 11 points to around 16 or 17 this year. So – She's making steady progression. 
And I'll go with uh, my, my girls player of the week, a quick hitter for you, Macy Phelps with East Robertson. Averaged 17.6 rebounds and four steals a game. The junior guard, 25 points in an upset win against Joe Burns. East Robertson's first win against its rival since 2018, first in four years. Up next, we've got White House Heritage girls coach Clayhead on the phone. And hopefully, hey guys, how are y'all doing? Hey Clay, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Coach Ed, it's good to hear from you. Um, you know, let, let's just start off with with some good stuff that you know your team is pulling off ever since the calendar turned over. Your girls are six and four, uh, ten and thirteen on the season now, and won five of six entering last night's tilt against Sycamore. We talked a little bit about it last night, but uh, I'm curious. You know, what do you think clicked, and at what point did it click to get your girls kind of rolling on the season? Uh, I think it took um, quite a while for our girls to get going. We have a whole lot of soccer programs and a very good soccer or soccer girls, and we have a very good soccer program. So typically they, they're in soccer season, soccer mode, until basically two weeks before our first game. Um, so it takes um, it takes a, a month or so for them to get kind of in the flow of basketball, um, kind of starts us off a, a step behind some other programs where you know kids are predominantly basketball players. Um, but once we get going, you know, generally we, we try to hit our stride in January um, and moving forward. And we also had uh, two girls that have been hurt uh, the whole season, and we just got them back over the past couple of weeks. So that's been a big benefit as well. Yeah, Clay, looking at your guys' schedule, um, one thing that really jumps off the page is you guys play a lot of low-scoring games, not just, you know, your your, your team scoring low, but holding the other team to low scoring totals as well. Um, I mean, you got like 26 to 31 against Baylor, um, 34 to 32 against Portland. Um, what, what do you think um, is, is a benefit for your team of playing those kind of low scoring games? Well, we always stress defense, um, but you know, Low-scoring games are not by design. We we try to score. We just you know struggle, uh, and and have struggled quite a bit. But here recently, we've we've scored more until last night um, comes around. But you know if you can play solid defense, you're going to stay in the game. Um, and you know if you're struggling to score, which we typically do a lot of, uh, you got to hang your hat on that defense to keep you close, so that you know you can make plays and hopefully hit a few shots at the end of the game and win some close games. The Lady Patriots dropped a 27-42 game against Sycamore in District 9 AA last night. But uh, Kinsley Carruthers was the leading scorer with eight. Coach Head, I wanted to talk to you about her game a little bit. Entering into the East Robertson game, she had scored double figures in her last nine. Uh, and then she put up eight last night against Sycamore. What's really been the key to her, you know, trying to be that number one option maybe for this team? Sure. Earlier in the year, she was – she wasn't taking very good shots for her. She was forcing a lot of shots up. She was wanting to play outside uh, a whole lot more, and we don't have a lot of size. Um, so I think she's about 5'8", which for us is, is the biggest girl we got. And, you know, once it finally clicked on her to try to get around the basket and in the paint and, you know, make her, her money in there, she's, she's really turned the corner um, here recently. 
But, you know, early in the year, you know, same with the other girls, she kind of struggled just to find her way. But I feel like she's kind of found um, what works for her. And that's, you know, cutting and slicing and, and around the basket. She also rebounds really well and gets quite a few offensive rebounds for us, which we always tell our girls, you know, if you want to score, go get a rebound, put it back in. So it's been good to see her her step up her game, though, like you said. Yeah, Clay, with uh, these new district alignments, um, one thing that I've heard a lot from coaches is, um, especially in these five-team districts, is avoiding that 4-5 game. Um, you guys are, I think, right around that three seed right now. Um, is that something that you guys have been, you know, kind of consciously playing with in the back of your minds is, you know, trying to make sure you're in the, that those top three seeds? Well, it's definitely been in my mind. I'm not sure if the, the girls um, know as much about the standings, you know, as, as I do. But it is uh, very important, as you said. You know, if you're in the top three, then you're you're, you're guaranteed really to go on to the region um, instead of having to play that four or five game. And, you know, honestly, in our mind and, and what we've been telling them is since we've been playing a lot better, we've put ourselves in – in a position if, if we won out to finish first in the district, which obviously last night we didn't do that, but um, you know, that's, that's what we were shooting for. And I, honestly, I think we can do it um, or could have done it, but every game left on our schedule is a winnable game for us. And every game's a losable game, but uh, we definitely uh, want to avoid that four or five game, as you said. And when you talk about the districts, obviously, you know, you want that three seed to go play in the region but it's a tough region for sure. You know, Loretto and Summertown in that region alignment, and those are two of the top teams, not only in the mid-state, but statewide for girls basketball. Have you scouted them at all? Have you looked ahead that far? I'm sure you've heard something about those programs in the past. Oh, yeah, we've, we've definitely heard. And I haven't gone and watched them any this year, but I've looked at some common opponents and and you know, looked at scores. I know they played at Westmoreland, and, and it was a seven- or eight-point game earlier this year. Um, but you're exactly right. Those are two of the top programs and have been two of the top programs in our state for a long time. So, you know, realistically, you really want to finish first or second when the tournament comes so that you can avoid them in the first round of the region and then, you know, see what happens from there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking at your uh, your record this year, um, according to Coach T, you guys are at ten and thirteen. Um, but last year you were eight and sixteen, so you've already surpassed that win total still with three season, or th- rather three ga- three games left to go, um, along with district and you know God willing the region. Um, what do you think this team does better than um, and has improved upon uh, from last year? Yeah, you know, last year was, was really just a crazy year, but I feel like our team is uh, – the team chemistry is quite a bit better, and in girls' basketball, that matters. Uh, it, it matters, you know, in all sports, but really in, in girls' sports, the girls getting along and um, really, you know, playing, having fun playing with each other makes a big difference. And, and that's one big improvement that we've seen this year. Um, we've had some younger girls step up some that haven't got to play much in the past. And last year was kind of their first chance to get in there and get to play. And now this year, they're a little bit more seasoned. Um, and we've had some, you know, a couple of additions that either weren't on the team last year or are incoming freshmen that have stepped up and helped us out some here recently as well. 
And coach, last question I've got for you. You know, you mentioned the newcomers and maybe some returning players who have a higher chemistry than last year. We talked about it last night. You know, you go into the fourth quarter against Cheatham County, who's uh, if not one, then two in District 9 AA leading, uh, but you drop that game. Uh, in the first meeting against Sycamore, it's a six-point game. So you've proven that you can compete with these top two teams. What do you think the key kind of is whenever that district tournament rolls around to maybe steal one from one of those two squads? Sure. And, you know, um, both of those teams are really good, but, you know, like I've already said before, I feel like we're right there with them, and, and the past scores kind of show that. I think we've got to be able to maintain our composure. Um, we don't have as much experience as either one of those programs, experienced players. So kind of in the crunch time, the, those two games against Cheatham and Sycamore, we've, we've definitely folded a little bit. So um, hopefully we're in that situation again, and it's a close game, and we can handle their pressure. And um, – you know, handle the, the pressure, I guess, we put on ourselves quite a bit better. But, but that's the biggest thing. It's just, you know, they're both good teams, and we tell them, you know, all the time. We were up at, at halftime at Cheatham. Uh, it was a close game last night. You know, they're going to make shots. They're going to make, you know, a run. We're going to have a couple turnovers. we got to be able to, you know, keep our calm and, and get past that and go ahead and move on to the next play so that two points don't become four, six, or eight points, which – you know, in those two games, that's kind of what's happened to us. Uh, one small mistake turned into three or four mistakes. Well, Coach Head, thank you so much for your time today. We, we appreciate you coming on the show and uh, giving us some great insight into your program. Well, thank you, guys. We certainly appreciate all that you do for, for hospital sports in this area. So, thank you. Thank you, Clay. All right, Blaine, uh, what do you say we transition into our one thing segment? Uh, this is a segment for those who are unfamiliar where uh, we just kind of we, we choose a couple teams and say, like, 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 like you would think, one thing about, about these teams, um, one thing that's important right now, uh, one thing that really stands out about these teams at the moment. Um, Blaine, I'll give you the floor to start. Yeah, yeah it's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, and I feel like I've been kind of a – a broken record at this point talking about these teams, but you got to start off with Greenbrier boys basketball, 20 and two on the season and a big revenge win last night over Creekwood a week ago. They, they dropped the game to the Red Hawks and, you know, that gave them their first district loss of the season, snapped a 15 game losing streak or winning streak, I should say. And uh, Creekwood came to their place and Greenbrier beat them by 10, now 20 and two on the season and uh, a chance to lock up the district if they can win out. Yeah, definitely big for for Greenbrier there. They're having a heck of a season. Um, I want to look at Clarksville Northeast. Um, they're they're struggling a bit this year. They lost about ninety five to ninety eight percent of their scoring from last season. Their top six players, um, and it's definitely been showing. Um, they are five and fifteen this year. Um, they just lost last night to uh, Rossview. Um, sorry, they're five and fourteen. Lost last night to Rossview, fifty two to forty five. Um, what the, really their biggest trouble, um, as you might guess from losing no, that many good players, is scoring. Um, you know, they, they, 45 points against Rossview, 40 against Clarksville High, 53 against Springfield. They had a, a loss 50 to 28 against Northwest. And um, Northwest is a team that's really also been kind of struggling a bit this year. Um, 42 to Hendersonville. Um, 
they've just struggled with really putting the ball in the basket. They have a couple guys who are are good at scoring. Um, Nazir Leonard has really come into his own as a as a very good scorer this year. Tatum Carney and uh, Taylor and Dion Carney uh, can both you know get the ball in the basket, but um, it's just a matter of them consistently getting in there and executing, and uh, that's that's given them some troubles. Uh, I remember at the beginning of the year reading reading a story uh, about how Coach Young was kind of being patient with these guys because he knew he had a lot to replace. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read your recap of last night's game if it's up yet, but is that the same situation now, or is he starting to show a little frustration? Um, no, he, he's still kind of going with the process. He, um, he mentioned that, you know, they're not losing right now for a lack of effort. That was really the biggest thing. Um, it's not a lack of effort. It's more a lack of execution. So, you know, they're getting the looks that they want. They just need to make those shots. And I'll switch from a team that maybe isn't doing so hot on the season. We'll go from five and 14 to 14 and 10 white house girls basketball, uh, had a big win last night against Montgomery central. Uh, you know, the, the defense has been the key to this team. And, you know, when you consider the fact that in this regular season cycle, so the off season and the regular season, they've had three different head coaches. The fact that they're still hanging tough and have a chance to overcome last season's win total is really remarkable. Uh, next Tuesday's district match against Creekwood, who are 20 and four, if I'm not mistaken, I would assume, yes, there they are just missed 19 and four in the, MSP Fab 15 for girls basketball. That that's going to decide the district a little bit at White House next week, next Tuesday. I expect to be there, and it should be a good one. Yeah, absolutely, will be a good one. Um, I'm going to go to a team that's that's slipping a little bit. Uh, the West Creek Boys started this season um, 15 and five, and now have lost their last three games a four-point loss at home to Northeast, where Northeast scored 73 points on them. Um, you know, that's a team that I just said has had trouble scoring, and they put up 73 on West Creek. And then they went to Rossview, lost by 30, went to Clarksville High, lost by 37. Um, so West Creek is, is, is slipping right now. They, they had a really good stretch this season where they had won, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. Um, they had won four of their first five games, even beat a team like Clarksville Academy, who is really good this year. Um, but they're, they're, they're slipping right now. And um, I don't know exactly what it is in that program that is causing them to slip. Um, but, you know, that's something that you hope that they can really figure out because they do have a good, talented team. Um, but, you know, when they are competing with teams like Clarksville and Rossview in the district and Henry County and Kenwood in the region, um, if they don't figure things out fast, then uh, their season is going to uh, come to a screeching halt. And, and you know, it kind of seems like if Kenwood can make a little bit of a run, we might have a, an installment number three of Kenwood West Creek in the region, you know. Yeah, it's um, very possible. To, to go from there, you know, let, let's talk about another team that, that's slipping. I mentioned it earlier, White House Heritage Boys Basketball. 13 and 10 on the season. Uh, that's a good mark for a girls team, but you know, the, the Patriots have lost six straight. They had lost six straight going into last night's game against Sycamore. 29 piece from Daniel Bale helped them overcome, you know, what had been a 20 point lead that they had blown. But, um, you know, the, you lose two big guys in Hayden Thompson and Gavin Burnett for the season. Uh, they both went down against Greenbrier last week. And, and it's really coming down to a lot of juniors who didn't get to play last year sophomores who obviously didn't play last year and freshmen that are trying to step up in Carl Miller's system. Um, 
you know, they're going to have to do a lot of growing up. And if they want any chance of making noise, you know, in the district or maybe the region, it's going to come down to not only Daniel, but these role players as well. Yeah, and that's actually a good transition into my next team. Uh, a pretty similar situation with uh, the Clarksville High Girls basketball team. Um, Amari Berry is she's going to be a candidate for Miss Basketball this year, next year, and the year after that because she's only a sophomore, averaging 23.8 points per game, shooting 55% from the field, and to me the most insane stat, she's shooting 48% from three, which, cool. I mean, as a sophomore, that's just insane to me. Um I mean, almost she's hitting almost half her, her three-pointers. That's just – that's crazy. Uh, seven and a half rebounds per game. She leads the team in steals, assists, everything. Um, it's just a matter of who else around her it, it can get it done. Um, you know, there's only about three players also on that team with – that came into this year with, like, you know, a decent amount of varsity experience. Um, but, you know, even then, those are, those are kind of just role players. They've got a lot of other players around who um, – you know, have, have gotten good playing time this season, but still are kind of newish to the to the high school basketball scene. And if this is going to be a team that wants to make a run, um, especially through teams like Rossview, um, teams like Northwest and Henry County in the region, um, you know, Amari Berry is going to have you in every single game. Um, but whether she can carry the entire team to – you know, that promised land that they hope to get to, um, you know, it's hard to say. As good as she is, you still need, you know, some some step up from some of those other players. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, hopefully some of those other players, you know, Alexis Wimberly, uh, Kate Howard, Angel Martin, um, Bristol Calhoun, players like that step up and really help take a little bit of a load off Amari. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Rossview down there at the bottom. I believe they're 10th in the MSP Fat 15 for girls basketball. It's a a tall task to overcome, especially for a rivalry game. But uh, let's transition my last uh, one thing from one Miss Basketball candidate to another Mr. Basketball candidate, Taylor Groves, and the East Robertson boys basketball team have not lost since the calendar flipped over. They are riding an 11-game winning streak since last night's win over Merrill Hyde, and it was on a back-to-back where they beat White House Heritage the night before. Uh, They have a chance to go undefeated in the district now. Thursday's game against Trousdale County will be a big one. That's the last district game of the season. But, you know, they've done this before. East Robertson is a really storied program. And, you know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was an undefeated district season in Taylor's freshman year. Uh, Whenever they reached the sectionals, as a sophomore, they reached the state tournament before it was cut short. And now they're hoping to get back there again this year after missing Taylor from last year. So, Thursday's game against Trousdale County will be huge. Big chance for East Robertson to go undefeated in District 8A. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Groves at Ole Miss football commit. You almost wonder if there's anything that he's not good at. Um, you know, being be, going SEC as a football player and now a, a Mr. Basketball candidate on, on the hardwood. It's, it's pretty incredible what the things that that guy can do. Um, but my last team, I'm looking at the uh, Northwest girls team. You know, kind of similar situation to Clarksville. Um, you know, they've got kind of a big three. Uh, if, if, if you'll allow me to use that term from the uh, LeBron James Miami Heat era. Um, Tamia Scott is an, an incredible player. She's a Mill Tennessee commit. Um, they've got Kayla Howell, who is a Delta State commit. She's a very strong point guard for that team, um, really steady presence. And Amaya Cobb, who um, is a junior and really one of the better defenders in, in the county. Um, those three are really holding it down for them. And um, 
and those three are the ones that have been winning them games and keeping them in games. Um, but like like I said, with Clarksville, you, you, they're going to need a little bit of contribution from outside sources, and they've gotten that in some games. Um, Jada Brooks has had some good games where – you know, she contributes double digits, six, seven rebounds, and they win that game. You know, they played Henry County, who um, I, I'm i not sure if they were ranked in the AP poll, but if they weren't, they were pretty close. Um, Henry County came to Northwest, and uh, they had Paris Outlaw make four three-pointers in that game. Um, you know, getting contributions like that from players that, you know, teams know those top three players. Um, it's really a matter of, if someone else can, you know, help prop them up to maybe take some attention away from those three is, uh, is really going to be uh, what gets them further than maybe where they went last year, which was losing to Paige in the sectional. And I remember last year, uh, Coach Ben Wallace with Northwest called those players like Brooks and Outlaw the unknowns. He labeled them as, right. uh, as players who needed to step up, but he wasn't sure if they were going to do it. And you know, now it's more so – as important, you know, as last year that those players kind of step up. And Brady wrote a great story last week about them against Kenwood, kind of rebounding against a, a really tough start to their schedule. You know, they, they scheduled brutally, and uh, now they've got to rely on those unknowns a little bit, right? Yeah, scheduling brutally is is honestly a light way to put it. Playing Rossview, um, Clarksville High twice, Lebanon. Um, I know there were other teams in there, but I'm, I'm blinking on them now, but it was, there was a lot of really good teams and, um, but they're bouncing back. They're, they're a good team. Um, but, uh, we're going to move into our uh, final segment of the week here. Uh, we're looking at our games of the week. Um, always a fun thing to look ahead, look forward to some big games coming up. So, uh, Blaine, what are you looking ahead to? It, it would be hard for me not to say last night's game against Creekwood, you know, cause that one was such an exciting game, 10 point revenge win. Uh, for the Bobcats to go 20-2, and two. It, it's hard not to root for these guys right now. You know, it's just a bunch of guys who uh, have kind of struggled throughout their high school careers to find success, and now the senior class is leading them to where they want to be, um, even though, you know, nothing really matters until the calendar flips over and we're in district and region play. Uh, for the rest of the week, Thursday's game against East Robertson and Trousdale County is the place to be. Not only will it be a chance for East Robertson to clinch an undefeated district season. It's also the girls as well. You know, I mentioned earlier that East Robertson girls upset Joe Burns, gave them their first loss of the season. If the Lady Indians can pull off another win against Trousdale, mind you, this team had lost 36 straight games entering the season. They can clinch a share of the district title with Joe Burns. So, you know, it's really exciting to see their turnaround. A couple of freshmen, Ida Bernard and Katie Pennington, have done a great job at kind of – giving assistance to players like Phelps and maybe even Peyton Lackey. But, uh, you know, that game will be exciting, the girls' game. I, I would expect the girls to win that one, and then the boys' game went to overtime at Trousdale. So it, that should be a pretty exciting one on Thursday. Yeah, that, those will be good games. And you mentioned that East Robertson girls' team, just it, it, pretty an incredible turnaround that they've had. Um, I mean, you, you just love to see, see stories like that. Well, um, you know, the interesting thing is that they didn't even know they were losing that much. Uh, I talked with Coach Perry after they beat Portland to snap the streak. I said, you guys have lost 36 straight games during the, you know, tonight, and you snapped. He said, we did? I wasn't even paying attention. He didn't even know that they had lost an entire season's worth of games last year. And then, you know, five or six the season before that. 
it's it's almost incredible that you don't pay attention to it at that point. You know, you get the monkey off your back and you just kind of disregard it to have a great season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now my 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 game of the week, or I say games of the week, they're going to be on the same night on the same floor. Um, it's hard not to. It's hard to pick anything other than Clarksville versus Rossview. It's uh, it's it's the rivalry in the city. Um, you know there are other great rivalries, but when you think of you know the big rivalries in the city, this has really been become the the big one, um, and especially on the girls' side. Uh, these two teams played in a just an awesome game a couple weeks ago, um, and it ended up being a forty-one to forty win for Rossview on Clarksville's court. Came down to a missed second chance buzzer beater shot by Amari Berry. Um, so you know that Clarksville is going to come out hungry, wanting revenge in that game. If Rossview wins that game, they clinch the regular season district title. Um, and, you know, they won't technically – they're still undefeated. They won't have technically clinched that undefeated season yet. But Clarksville is really the last, you know, tough test that they'll have to get over. Um, so huge game there. And then, of course, the boys game following that, um, not necessarily as – close of a matchup but Rossview has been very good lately uh Clarksville High still undefeated you'll see that they're now ranked for the first time in our Fab 15 rankings this season um JJ Weed and Jaheim Barry I've mentioned them they've just been incredible this season uh Rossview um, they had kind of a tough game against Northeast last night so they're gonna have to come out a lot better if they're gonna want to compete with Clarksville and then kind of a similar situation with uh the girls if Clarksville wins that game they're um they win the districts um and don't necessarily clinch that undefeated record, but again, similar story. Rossi was really that last big test that they're going to have to get over. Um, so huge games on uh, on both the boys and girls side there. Honorable mention: Austin P. Murray State on Thursday. That's right, Austin P. Murray State, the girls' game at least that should be pretty good. Um, I know Murray State, their boys' team, is almost ranked in the AP top twenty-five. You know, I think they're number three on like the College Insider mid-major rankings so that's pretty good but they're almost ranked in the entire country out of everybody so um and also the boy the men's team well the girls the girls game will be pretty good the women's game will be pretty good um but yeah austin p murray state i know people are looking forward to that one um so that that, that should be a good game as well um, brady will be there on thursday as part of a five five game gauntlet you're on a game three right now how's that going that's right. Game three tonight. Um, I, I, I kind of another honorable mention is uh, Clarksville and Good Clarksville Academy and Good Pasture tonight. Um, you know, I didn't want to name them since you know by the time people are hearing this, that game will probably be over. Um, so go to go to MainStreetPreps.com to read my coverage for, if you're re- hearing this in the future. Um, but yeah, that'll be a great game as well. Um, another game that was decided in overtime on the boys uh, on the boys side there. Um, with Good Pasture beating Clarksville Academy, the girls have played a really close game where Clarksville Academy beat Good Pasture. Um, so those are, that's going to be a really great game tonight. Um, and then yeah, Austin P and Murray tomorrow, uh, and Rossview and Clarksville on Friday. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you. Hey, go for it, go for it. Yeah, you know Brady, Brady's staying busy. I'm staying busy. Um, a lot happening uh, on the Main Street Prep side of the MSP North podcast. Uh, thank you. So much for uh, tuning in today. Thank you to Clay Head and Chase Cronin for tuning in. And uh, come back next week for some district, probably some district predictions, some some region alignments, and what, what on earth is going to happen this postseason. Yeah, it'll be good. Thanks, guys.
This has been the MSP North Podcast with your hosts, Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller. Follow on Twitter at Main Street Preps and online at MainStreetPreps.com.